0: We are headed back into John today. So if you have your Bibles and want to turn there, we are in the Gospel of John. And I just wanted to say thank you for those who prayed for me. I ran down urgently this week to go see my my dad was in uh, in the hospital and, and was told he was dying and went by his, his uh, bedside. And my brother came from Austria, so he had our whole family there and it's really neat time. And dad decided to keep on trying to live. We got him set up for hospice, and he's at home now in a hospital bed, and we keep praying for him and i was just like thank you 2020 now this is just what things are this year's been like that and for many of us not the best season and so even christmas you know we just had this amazing amazing the most special day for many of us not because jesus was born on december 25th or something like that but because we celebrate that jesus christ the son of god came to earth treasure and we open presents and we do these amazing things but then it's over and now it's over it was a couple days ago and it's like what's next and so what i wanted to do was to pull today and even show you from the bible the wonder of what it is we still get to have no matter what goes on in our lives no matter what happens next and how we it's it's almost in this particular chapter as we look at the end of chapter seven and looking into chapter eight how even the text itself kind of there's this amazing wonder of what jesus gives us and then there's all the ways we kind of just try and mess it up and to come back and see the wonder of who jesus is for us that's what i want for you today so you would say today and the main thing is just a simple shift because i think of christmas as jesus as a baby And I go to worship the babe, and there's the manger, and the the, the animals, and everything around it. And the shift that you and I get to have is that we become the babe. And he's the one that has us all the way through this life. And can you think of Jesus that way? He's got you. He's the light. He's the bread. He's the water. He's everything. And we are held in his hand. And if we get that, our whole lives are okay. Because he really does have us. So I want to show you that. I want to show you from, from John, John chapter seven. And, and if you look over we're right in the middle of the chapter right now, it's, uh, we're going to pick it up at verse 37, which we did a couple of weeks ago. It's a, it's a super amazing passage. So let's light after Christmas. And the first thing I want to start with is seeing stars. I don't know if you ever, this, this is about how you see things. And have you ever seen stars? I don't mean looking up in the sky. I mean when, when you get hit and you shut your eyes and you can kind of see, I can see light. I can see little glimpses. That's called seeing stars. You're actually not seeing anything. You just think you are. And for so many of us, that's what we're doing. We're not actually seeing stuff. We just think we are. We see the wrong stuff. So open our eyes and see Jesus. So look, look at this amazing passage. We'll, we'll start in verse 37 of, of John 7. It's a lot of text. So, like a huge present and you open it up and they're smaller and they're smaller and there's these special things inside i want you to see the special things it starts right away with one of them let's look verse 37 so it says this it says on the last day of the feast the great day jesus stood up and he cried out if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water This is an incredible verse. We we ended with it last time. (laughs) Now this he said, we see verse 39, about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. These amazing words. And we start with them. Jesus says, I'm it. I'm the living water. And we think back to the Old Testament where the rock was struck and water came out and people drank and they had everything they needed for fluid and water and life. It's Jesus. Take the bread. Drink the water. It's an amazing statement from Jesus himself to you and me. Say, okay, get that. Jesus is my water. Okay, but look at how the people responded. They don't hear it. They don't hear Jesus. They see stars. Because they say, when they, the people gathered around Jesus, right, heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. Okay, these aren't us, but you see their problem, right? They're confused. They kind of know some stuff from the Bible, from the Scriptures, and they know some stuff from talking about what's going on, and they they know, and so they're arguing over whether Jesus is the Messiah. And they're saying things, you're like, well, of course Jesus is from Bethlehem. I sing the song, O little town of Bethlehem. I've seen the Bible verse, Micah 5, 2. I know Jesus is from the line of David because it says so in Matthew 1. But they didn't have the New Testament, the Old Testament. And though they should know, what they instead thought was, were confused. This happens so much to so many people. You get the simple statement of Jesus, I'm life for you. And we get confused. These guys are confused, not just because they're interpreting and hearing some stuff out of the Bible, but they don't really get the right things. And they have these statements like, you know, nothing good comes out of Galilee. That's kind of like, you know, you guys know that there are hillbillies in Kentucky. Nobody comes out of Kentucky. I was going to use concrete, but Steve's actually here. Like nothing good comes out of concrete like like that's all idea like where there's yeah that's like the hickville no one comes from there and so they just have these ideas and and real ideas like oh jesus needs to be the line of david and from bethlehem and which he was but they didn't know and these like weird stereotype ideas that you no know, nothing good comes out of that area they just get all mixed together in this in this cloud of confusion and what do they start missing they start missing the actual statement of Jesus, which was what? and a living water for you. So they're divided. And then the scriptures are how you evaluate Jesus and his truthfulness. But then they don't really know the scriptures well enough to even evaluate. Well, thankfully, there's some who are so wise. The real students of scripture. You know them. They're the Pharisees. So the officers came to the chief priests and the Pharisees who said then, why didn't you bring him? They wanted Jesus because they wanted to arrest him and kill him. The officers answered, no one ever spoke like this man. So the Pharisees answered them, have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that doesn't know the law is accursed really interesting don't miss the coolness of jesus saying this incredible thing that we all go wow and he's our life and our water and our bread and everything and 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 he's saying well no we study the law we know and we do you realize that not one of the people who study the law actually follow this guy because we've got these amazing scriptures and they tell us what ought to be and he's not following them there's this little thing about the Sabbath. Jesus wasn't following it like they thought he should. And and so you have actually this statement that, that really we're evaluating Jesus and thinking about Jesus based on what we have been given in the scriptures because the scriptures are the high thing. And we're going to look at it and decide, does Jesus follow it? Because the law is over everything. And they're wrong. We know they're wrong. It's it's a really important thing to realize that it is around the law, right? This crowd doesn't know the law is accursed. They're confused and don't know the truth. But we know the truth and we are able to look and evaluate. I just want you to think about what this is saying. Jesus comes and he says something really simple. Believe in me. I've got you and the people are like well I gotta I gotta I gotta suss this out I gotta use the actual God stuff and and evaluate whether Jesus is real or not and and you can see that the authorities none of the authorities are believing him so you shouldn't either is an appeal to all the teachers of the time You know, those ignorant people might be confused, but they're cursed because they don't know the law, and we do. And that's why Jesus is no good. He doesn't do the law. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. He doesn't respect the learned, but instead he hangs out with sinners. He doesn't condemn people, but he eats with them. He's not the right type, and we know we're deeply influenced by the Scriptures. We eat and breathe them. We would know them. We see. I hope you start to see the problem. Like the whole thing that they haven't shifted to. It's not, it's not, yeah, you see the babe and you come to worship the babe. The babe is innocent and pure and light and the star shining and the shepherds gathered in the manger. But now things are moving and Jesus is going to the cross and he's the one looking at little children, which is what you gotta be to come to Jesus. And you just say, hey, I know this. What he says is true. Even the things that they're saying, right, about no one in authority believes Jesus. That's why John puts this little piece in here, I think. Because who speaks up? One of the Pharisees, his name is Nicodemus. Says Nicodemus, who'd gone to him before, John 3, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. You see what's going on? So even one of them, he really does believe Jesus, right? He's deeply struck by Jesus. He's going to go bury Jesus when Jesus dies. This man says, well, wait a minute. We should what? Learn and hear Jesus. And they bring up not just the law. Now, they have nothing to say from the law. Actually, Nicodemus, they say uh, the stereotype. Are you kidding? He's from concrete. That's what they say. They say, no, 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 are you too? One of that, you'd realize. So they use the, um, the, the culture, right? The amazing thing is that the scriptures, as you read them, and you have this shift of seeing Jesus has you, the scriptures point to Jesus all over. Everything. The manna from heaven, I am the bread of life. The water of life, the rock gets struck and life from water comes out. The light from heaven. In, in every single you you look at, at, at the one man who will save a nation and there's Joseph. You look at the leader of bringing people into the promised land and there's Joshua. Yeshua, Jesus, leading his people into the promised land. You see the, the sacrifices. Abraham takes his only son Isaac up to the mountain to kill him. And in and, and the three day journey to get there. And then God himself will provide a lamb. You see the Passover. You see all these pictures. and You start thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's all about the simple truth of Jesus. How do they get lost? What's their problem? Isn't it that they think we've got the rules and we've got the commands and they're directly from God to us and we're supposed to judge and make sure everything goes right because we have the power they need to shift right from we've got the power I'm going to judge to I got no power and I'm the baby being held that's what's needed they need to hear the light so they can't see they're seeing stars they won't open their eyes and sometimes we don't either and sometimes this world distracts us but sometimes it's our own thinking about the scriptures and what they're about we need to hear the light so here's Jesus again he spoke to them and now he says this I am the light of the world Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And every time Jesus speaks in these ways, and the I ams, here's another great statement, where I am the bread of life, eat of me and you'll never hunger again. The water of life comes from me and will come from you if you just believe me. And this simple statement here, will you just take it in? I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. That's a promise, a statement of truth. That you'll have the light of life. You say, oh, I get that. I can, I can wrap my eyes around that. That I can hear those words that Jesus says, He's the only light. I jumped right. You might notice if you're a student of the scriptures at all, I said, well, whoa, 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 Swanson. Back up. You skipped eight, chapter eight, verse one. What about chapter eight, verses one to 11? What's going on? Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Maybe your Bible will say it too. It says, the earliest manuscripts do not contain verses 8, 1 to 11. Actually, I think it normally says seven fifty three to eight eleven. There's an amazing story that I think is absolutely true about what Jesus did. And it wasn't in the original text of John. It kind of fits in what we're talking about this morning, but it's so cool. And I think a true thing that Jesus did, we're going to take it all and focus on it next week. And I don't want you to miss John's flow. John didn't put it there. So here's John's flow. John works through. And he goes and he sees these Pharisees and they're struggling. And and we struggle too. And here's these Jesus simple statements of this amazing truth that we need to hold in our hearts. And and so he continues on and he goes right to to verse 12 from the end of 7. And and they're here, right? You got to realize what's going on. So paint the picture just for a second, with me, just to see it—the wonder of this. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. You know, I don't know the Feast of Tabernacles. So I don't really care. Yeah, but it's cool, right? It's when they built the tents because God took care of the Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness. And, and they, their clothes didn't wear out. And every day they had bread to eat and they had water to drink. And who was that really? That was Jesus providing for them and doing things like because he's, he's the one. And, and yet they didn't see it. And so they celebrate. And it was a feast. And the last day of the feast, they would light up these huge, massive lanterns, four of them. Around the temple, because if you remember, do you remember Exodus? Where God would appear to them in a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And so here it was, the evening was coming and these lanterns would be lit and it would light up everywhere. And, and it was supposed to be like the, the, the pillar of God shining out. And imagine that you're there and it's dark and you see these huge lanterns and they're, they're blazing and then Jesus stands up our savior. And he says, I am the light of the world. He, he, and even how he says it in the Greek, it's, it's emphatic. I, I am light of the world. And you know, the I am is what God's name is. And there's, he's saying, and he says it clearly. He says, I'm God and I'm your light. It's an overwhelming statement, a wondrous statement, an amazing statement. It's fantastic how all the Bible is pointing to Jesus and everything's about him. And this is what you need to see and and, and, and we need it to, to live and, and this is it. And, and again, the people over here go, Well, I'll see it. Because the Pharisees say to him, You're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony's not true. So Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. See what he's doing? He's trying to get them to get low. You're a baby. You don't know where you came from. I know exactly where I came from. He came from heaven. I know where I'm going. I'm going to the cross and I'm going back to heaven. And, and, and you, what are you doing? I did race down to Oregon this week for the last moments of my dad's life. And then he didn't die. Why? Because no person knows the hour of their death. You just don't know. Who knows? Jesus knows. So we know nothing, right? We know nothing. And here we go. We try and figure it out. We're like, see these glimpses of stuff. And all of a sudden, we think, well, I I know the Ten Commandments, and I know the law, and I know the... And we'll judge people on that. You know so little. And here's Jesus, and He's trying to get the... You you know, I'm true because I know, you guys. Would you just humble your hearts? We go there, too, like them, don't we? we? We don't go so much... I believe in Jesus with all my heart. I think he's but I'm tempted all the time to try and judge other people Are they really saved? What do I do? Well, I apply the the law I apply the rules that I know and try and look at their life and see if they're doing Okay, I, you know, I'm just not certain They don't believe the right things They have sin a lot In my own heart, I'm tempted. Do I really love Jesus? I want to see the proofs. I want to see the evidence. And I want to see it not based on what Jesus says, which is, hey, trust me, I've got you. I want to make it based on how well I'm doing. (laughs) Like I can tell. We can't really tell. Look what Jesus says. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Wow. Yet even if I do judge, Jesus says, my judgment's true. It's not I alone who judge, but I and the father who sent me in your law, it's written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the father who sent me bears witness about me. Okay, don't get lost in it to say, you judge by what people do. That's what we do. We, we judge by the flesh. We take the precepts and principles and making a judgment based on perceived following of them by individuals. And we're wrong. So one of my favorite things. It's like when it says, hey, that Jesus will make people stand. It's like I judge somebody and think, man, they are so lost. And then, then it says, well, wait a minute, you judge. They're going to stand because Jesus will make them stand. This should give us a huge pause. Does this sinner go to heaven? Does this liberal? Does this conservative? Does this supporter of homosexuality? Does does this drunk person? Does this one who spends time with other sinners? Does this homeless person? Does this person who's rich and oh man, there's no way rich people go to heaven? It's like we we get these things right. And what about us? I can find precepts and principles and get comfortable judging. And here comes Jesus and he says, you judge the wrong things. And he says, I don't even judge. I came to save. He doesn't judge like them, but if he did, his would be right because he sees right into your heart. And so his testimony is, I testify and my father does. This is radical and, and, and different because Jesus says, it's it's me and the Father. And, and this is almost as big a statement we're just getting to as I'm the light of the world and I'm the bread of life and I'm the living water. Because the radical thing is if you know Jesus, you know the Father. Let's look. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. It's a crazy statement. Don't miss this one. If you knew me, you would know my father crazy incredible it's not just that his judgment's true but he totally represents the father the father who made the world the great god they knew as yahweh he says i'm the exact representation of him just like hebrews one is going to say This is the light, you know. This is the light of life, hearing Jesus, trusting that his word is true. His promises are true. His actions are true. His love is true because he's the one all the scriptures point to. And if you just see that he, he's got you and you say, yeah, that's what I want, then, then you know the Father who has that heart towards you and me. Okay, so here's the thing. We see stars. It's like this world hits us and, and we have our eyes closed and we just see the flashes of it and we think we're seeing stuff and we're so blind. Instead, hear Jesus. This radical new message. Not, 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 okay, this is how you use Proverbs to please God. But trust Jesus. He's the one you need. Okay. Life is really about trusting, which is another word for believing. To trust what he actually has said. And he says amazing things. Keep going. We're almost through this section. He said, he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. Okay. Just stop there for a minute. Jesus is introducing different and something you and I should should think of too. Because here he is. Now he's introducing you're going to die in your sin. Whoa, that's what I struggle against all the time. I, I, I self-justify all the time. I, I'm constantly looking for reasons why. why You know, there are reasons why I sin. I, there are bad things that I do, but there are reasons why that I have extenuating circumstances. Or I'm, I'm getting better and I'm not sinning anymore. And here Jesus goes right to the heart of the issue. It's like, I think, why is he introducing sin? <laughs> because it's what infects you and inflicts you and you can't get out of it. You're going to die soaking in your sin. Simple. True. And they're like, not getting that at all. Right? They say, so will he kill himself since he says where I'm going he can't come? Not so much they care about the sin. They're like, oh, what, what is, is he going to go? What's going to he going to do? He said to them, you're from below. I'm from above you're of this world i'm not of the world i told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that i am he you will die in your sins that's amazing right jesus says hey this is it trust me is the only thing you need is to realize i'm i'm the one i'm the strong one i've i've got the hand not you when we talk about believing Jesus, I, I'm the baby, right? Now it's talking talk about not the baby in the manger, but the baby actually putting their hand in the one who has them and takes care of them and feeds them and clothes them and does everything for them, and he's got them. And what I need to do, just trust that he's there and he's got you. So they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning i have much to say about you and much to judge but he who sent me is true and i declare from the world what i have heard from him they didn't understand he's talking to them about the father the father god jesus kind of pointing and saying this is this is the radical new thing that you get from me is is that i represent the father everything i do is right so stop thinking you're doing right with a few principles from God and instead trust me. So Jesus said to them, oh, and he who sent me says is with me. It's like I missed a piece. Come back. They didn't understand that he'd been speaking to them about the father. I think that my slides went way off. Back up with me. That's crazy. I want verse 28. When Jesus said to them, he said to them, i pack up. This is fine. I'm from below. He's from above. You are of this world. I'm not of this world. I told you you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I'm in you, you will die in your sins. That's what you've been talking about. They didn't understand him. That said, who are you, Jesus? Just what I've telling you for the day, I have much to say to you, much to judge, but he who sent me is true. I declare to the world what I've heard from him. He's speaking directly from the Father. This is Jesus, and that's who speaks. They didn't understand that he'd been speaking about the Father. So he said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Okay, stop. This is the end of our scene today. But do you see what Jesus says? Jesus says, every single thing that I do pleases God. God the Father. Do you know what I know for 100% certain? That's not you. I have no hope of doing that. I just messed up the slides. Jesus never messes up anything. I can hardly put my shoes on straight. I get up and complain. I do tons of little things wrong every day, and, and not infrequently big things wrong. And here's Jesus. He says, every single thing I do is right. And you know what I will tell you? I've got you, if you'll just trust me. Say, so, well, I don't know if we can trust you. I'm telling you from the Father, Jesus says. Everything that I tell you is true. And the scene closes there, and the issue is hearing Jesus and seeing the difference in what he's saying with what my logic and my study and my even my study of Scripture sometimes because I, I don't look at it through the lens of, oh, I'm just about this simple statement of Jesus and will I accept it. I think about like all the different rules and all the different things that I've got to figure out to do to make God happy with me. And Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm saying the same thing, 14 different ways for you. Will you just trust me? And this is about light, and so I want to end with that. We read it this morning. We read it in First John, right? It says, "He is light; in Him is no shadow at all. There's no darkness in God. He's absolutely perfect. And then, if we walk in that light, we have fellowship with God. But what does it mean to walk in the light? Said, "Well, well, it means me getting rid of my sin because I got to work on it and get rid of it. And that's absolutely not what the passage means. Because he says, "If you say I have no sin, you're a liar. It's to walk in the light, who Jesus says, "I'm your light." Through that light, I see how far away from God I am on my own, how I'm this little babe and I have no means at all to be with God. But if I'll walk in the light, that's the light of Jesus. He says, I'm perfect and you're a sinner and I walk in that truth, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his Son cleanses us from all sin. He's got me. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, that's walking in the light, I'm a sinner, and I need Jesus. He is faithful, because he can, to forgive us our sins, and, and, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This this is my Savior. What does this have to do with light after Christmas? It has everything to do with it. Because that babe that we come around and we sing songs, it's a happy thought and a peace on earth and goodwill towards men and God became a man and it's so amazing. But then we think, no, the actual wonder of it is that he didn't stay a babe. He's the Savior of the world and he grew in stature, in his purpose, in our understanding of it, our understanding of it. And then he gave his life for you and me. And along the way, he spoke. And he didn't speak in complex things that you can't understand. He said the same thing over and over to you and me. I am the bread of life. Will you take me in? Trust me. That's all. I am the living water. It will flow out of you if you trust me. Will you? I am the light of the world. If you'll see my judgment of you, which is you need me. Not yourself, not your earnings, not your work, or not your ladder climbing, but me. And so over and over, to not be blind is to see people through Jesus' eyes, to see the scripture through showing Christ that we're incredibly ignorant, we're incredibly sinful, but we're loved by a Savior, and we will be made to stand because of Jesus' forgiveness, and Jesus' works, and Jesus' righteousness, and no other. And this is so incredibly different that we might walk in the light of life to trust Him and to know that He will forgive all your sin Forever, and not just your sin, but your brother and sister sitting in the seat next to you. Wow. Live life that way. This is the light that lets us get through this dark time, 2020, and will take us to heaven. Jesus is worthy. Let's pray.